Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks. Well, welcome to Brigham Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. As always, happy to be your host here so we can talk about our Catholic faith, but more than anything else, our Catholic health. Before we get into our show today, let's go ahead and get started with the Angelus here at the top of the noon hour. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke and we humbly pray unto thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, interesting show for you today. You know, there's been a lot of heavy topics going around, especially in the media. I've been asked a lot, have I seen the movie, The Sound of Freedom? Uh, Interesting movie for sure. Interesting topic for anybody who has not seen it. This show, just so that our listeners are aware, um, might get a little bit intense. Uh, It's important. It's definitely an important topic to talk about. So just so that you know, this has to deal with child trafficking. It has to deal with abuse. Uh, Some of you've ever been a victim of abuse or you know anybody who has or if you're very sensitive to these topics just be aware we might be talking about some serious topics in this show interesting movie the sound of freedom i have yet to see it i have seen a whole lot of different reviews a lot of different clips a lot of different stories as far as the um the protagonist his story uh for those of you who don't know let's just go through what the movie's about a little bit So the movie stars Jim Caviezel. Jim Caviezel, we all know here in the Catholic world as the man who uh, portrayed Christ and the passion of the Christ. He's had other movies, very, uh, very good movies, like Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, You know, he's done different things in Hollywood. So he's definitely a well-known Hollywood actor. One of the interesting things about this movie is that it was made probably about four or five years ago, according to what they say. And it seemed to get a lot of controversy. It seemed to uh, there seemed to be a lot of controversy surrounding should it be played in the movie theater, should it not be played in the movie theaters, uh, is it appropriate, is it not appropriate, is there is it just big conspiracy theories behind it, is it real or not real, and the reality is the bottom line is the movie's about child trafficking, 
and mostly about child trafficking in third world countries. Uh, and we see uh, certain situations where this, uh, uh, the protagonist who was a former, I don't remember, a CIA or FBI, um, left his job so that he could privately go and help save children. And we see how, you know, he, through his connections, God put him in the right place at the right time went and broke up a whole lot of different rings on child abuse, uh, went to different countries. And you start hearing these stories about how really children are a commodity. They're a product. They're a commodity and a product to for people to use for either forced labor. You know, they'll take them and make them work in the fields uh, for sexual abuse and or both. You know, why not? So this is what happens. This is the depravity of humanity, unfortunately, and what human beings are capable of. Now, a lot of people get upset when I say human beings are capable capable of this because they feel that these people aren't human anymore and they shouldn't be treated as such. You know, the perpetrators, the people who are in charge of trafficking these children, making money off of these children, uh, really using them as a commodity, using them as a way to make a profit. Um, but the sad reality, the reason that it is shocking is because they are human beings. You know, if somebody were to tell me, gosh, there were these, you know, unfortunately these kids, they were on a tour group in Africa and these lions came out and they just mauled all the kids in one area. Well, you know, it's sad, it's tragic, it's it's upsetting and it's it's very tragic for the kids. I hope that never happens to anybody. But I can't really blame the lion. I'd say, well, you know, if, if we went into lion territory, that's what lions do. That's their nature. They are going to attack. They're going to eat, and they're not going to discriminate what what they eat. They're not going to say, "Oh, this is these are human kids. We shouldn't eat them." Um, no, they're going to see us as prey, and any no different than a gazelle or a, you know wildebeest or whatever's out there, a zebra, and we're we're part of that food chain for them. You know, they're bigger, they're stronger, and that's what it is. That's what I expect from from the wild side of nature. Human trafficking is done by human themselves. It's a form of cannibalism almost. Obviously, we're not eating each other. Um, but it, it's really a form of killing each other. You know, you could say, well, no, these, some of these could survive and they're not dead. But how are they doing on the inside is one of the questions I would ask. So the movie The Sound of Freedom, uh, again, I have not seen the movie yet. I plan on seeing it. But uh, I've seen a lot of the background story, a lot of the clips. I've seen a lot of the interviews of of what it was that these people did um i wanted to make sure that the movie wasn't too graphic for a few different reasons uh, one because it can be very impactful it can be it can be very uh scarring if we watch that and for me in particular on a personal level uh it, part of what i do part of my job is actually to treat people who have been abusers perpetrators those are my patients. Uh, they've been through the legal system. They've been through jail. They've been deemed to have severe mental illness. Uh, and that's how they end up being my patients, because obviously I treat mental illness. Uh, and these are not, uh, you know, these are patients who on paper, you you read about their background, their history. And the, it's if you read their legal legal background, it's just awful. You know, you wonder, how could anybody have done this? This is where you see where sometimes, depending on on what you're reading, you say, gosh, there's just true evil here. And then you have to meet the person and you have to treat them. And you have to hope for the best for them, actually, as, as a person. I'm not going to give them bad medicine. I'm going to give them the best medicine possible. I'm going to try to treat them to make sure that they are healed just like anybody else. Because my job 
in addressing these uh, uh, former abusers who are now in jail, we could say that they still have the potential for abuse or for committing crimes, is to find the humanity in them. And I think that that's one of the bigger challenges that we have when we watch a movie like this. This is what I wanted to make sure before I watch this movie. Am I in a position where I can still find the humanity uh, in somebody who's done the most heinous of crimes? Is that possible? Um, it can it can really be divisive. You know, somebody can watch a movie like this and decide, gosh, I got to save the children, which of course we want to save the children. That's the first thing we think about. But then the other thing we think about is, you know, what about these people once they get arrested? It's very quick and easy to say they need to be punished. They need to be, you know, annihilated, give them the chair, give them something, the death penalty. They need to be killed. And I would dare say we want to be very careful before we start making such judgments because I'm not God. I'm not going to put myself in the God seat. Now, we have the laws of man. Obviously, if somebody breaks the laws of man and we know what they are, the, the laws that we put out, you know, and if you shout, they're based on the, on biblical terms, they're based on the Ten Commandments, really more than anything else. If you look at them, um, stealing, cheating, lying, uh, and in this case, you know, perpetrations of, of a sexual nature against the Sixth Commandment, um, anything along those lines, you know, prostitution is illegal, uh, child trafficking is illegal. Child abuse is illegal. There's all these things that are illegal, and there are consequences that we put in the books because uh, we understand that these are crimes against humanity. The hardest part is that it's humans committing crimes against humanity. We're committing crimes among against ourselves. Do I think these people should be prosecuted to the extent of the law? Of course, they've got it. They've got. There has to be some kind of a retribution. There has to be some kind of um, justice done. You know, because we're well, we're well aware as human beings, we do not do that to each other. But is it my place to find joy in punishing these people? Is it my place to find happiness in punishing the perpetrators? Unfortunately, folks, when we start doing that as Catholics, the way we know humanity to be, what Christ left us with is we can't find joy in that. It's it's not it's not good for us. It will lead us down the dark path. I can't all of a sudden say, "Great, they're punished." Well, Doctor Sandoval, what am I supposed to feel about that? How am I supposed to feel when all of a sudden we find somebody who has abused children or is an abuser or something along those lines, uh, and I've seen what they've done to these kids. I've seen what they've done to my family. I've seen what they've done to my neighbor. Dr. Sandoval, I'm a victim of abuse. I get so happy when these abusers get, you know, get their just desserts. What am I supposed to do? You're trying to tell me I'm not supposed to be happy about that. What I'm trying to say is this. I hope you find relief. I hope you find, I hope that that helps you heal a little bit to know that there is justice out there. The challenging part is, no, I can't find happiness in anybody's punishment. I can't find happiness in anybody uh, being uh, tortured or hurt or or harmed in any way, whether it be somebody causing abuse to somebody else or somebody having to be punished. Why is that? That doesn't make sense, understandable. I should be able to be happy in that. Well, again, the laws of the Catholic faith, and we're going to talk more about this. I see that we're coming up on the break. Definitely going to talk more about this after the break. Um, the laws of our Catholic faith and the way that our soul works, we can't be happy about anybody's punishment. We'll talk more after the break. 
All right, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Lee Sandoval Show. Today, folks, we're talking about an interesting topic. It can be a very traumatic topic for people. Um, you know, the idea of child abuse, child trafficking. We see this a lot. It's come to light um, more now in the media, especially since this movie, Sound of Freedom, has come out. You know, interesting thing about the movie came out July 4th, very appropriate day for it to come out, Independence Day, when we celebrate our freedom as Americans, where we're able to proudly fly the red, white, and blue old glory, who said, you know what, we want to live in a country where we are free to worship our God. And that's really one of the big freedoms that we have, hopefully will continue. Um, I am free for now to worship. I am free to walk into a Catholic church. I am free to say that that is the body and blood of Christ. I am free to open my Bible uh, and, you know, read from it. Some places we see on the news, though, that that can be a little bit challenging. That can be, uh, there are some places where people are finding a challenge with that. And we worry also about being considered any kind of hate group or anything along those lines. Um, but as Catholics, we got to stand strong. Why is this important? Because we want to have our freedom as uh, Catholics. We want to be able to be free to be saved, really, more than anything else. What's the purpose of our, us practicing our faith is because we want to make it to heaven. And we truly believe not only do we want to make it to heaven, we want to make sure everybody else makes it to heaven. Because that's what Christ told us. That's what Christ is for. That's what Christ came for. That's what Christ died for. We can't forget this is the month of July. The month of July, we dedicate to the precious blood of Christ. Uh, and when we do the litany of the precious blood of Christ, we got to remember something very important. Christ's freedom, salvation is for everybody, no matter what we've done, no matter uh, how badly we've sinned no matter how badly we've offended God and we've offended each other as human beings because we fail each other every time we sin. Every time we stop fighting, um, <clears throat> we are offending people. We're offending, we're, we're diminishing the body of Christ. And so that's one of the biggest things we need to consider. What do we do when we're aware of somebody who has sinned gravely and we don't feel that they deserve forgiveness. You know, this is what starts to happen. We start to see uh, movies like this, The Sound of Freedom, and God, I hope freedom for all those kids. It makes us wonder, you know, what's this like uh, in third world countries? The challenging part, the reality of it is, child trafficking is not just happening in third world countries. A lot of the times, the, the Children are taken from third world countries, from there where there's ever been a tragedy, earthquakes, currently wars, like in the Ukraine, um, you know, things along those lines. That's where these perpetrators will come and pray because they say, hey, these are even more vulnerable. You know, children are vulnerable already. And these children are even more vulnerable. They might be orphaned. They might have lost their parents in some kind of a tragedy. And all of a sudden, you know, well, gosh, these kids are by themselves. I'm going to pretend that. I'm going to give them a warm bed or a warm meal. I'm going to take care of them. Kids are going to believe that. Kids want to be loved. That's all there is to it. And so we're going to take them and, and we're going to turn them into our slaves. We're going to make money off of these kids. Well, one of the interesting things in the movie was that uh, one of the things, that, or not in the movie, but in the interviews I've seen about the movie and in the reports uh, that have been brought out is that the biggest consumer of child abuse is the United States or people from the United States who fly to third world countries. Uh, and go to tourist areas. They were saying, you know, they set up hotels or different places in touristy areas, 
And they, uh, and why? Because they know that there's going to be Americans there bringing in good money. And that can be very, very scary and challenging. I mean, it makes me wonder, what are we doing here as a nation? Where are our prayers going to? Are we praying for our nation? Are we the ones who are allowing this to continue? That's one of the questions we really have to ask ourselves. How do we stop this? You know, the near occasion of sin, I wonder how many of these perpetrators would actually get into this if there wasn't a market. We got to ask ourselves that as well. This is one of the things I was looking at the litany of the precious blood of Christ. And one of the lines in it is blood of Christ, price of our salvation, blood of Christ, without which there is no forgiveness. It's the blood of Christ, really, that forgives all of us, no matter what our sins are. And one of the challenging things is, Dr. Sandoval, how do you treat these people? They're not even human anymore. Well, here's the thing. We can't take joy in the punishment of others, and we can't take joy in people dehumanizing themselves. That's the tragedy. If it weren't, if it weren't for the fact that they're still human, there wouldn't be a tragic, a, a tragic nature to this. If the perpetrators didn't have a level of humanity, we wouldn't be shocked. You know, if, if it was something that was expected, it's kind of like saying, you know, the people died because a volcano uh, blew up and the lava came down and it squashed the towns right at the base, at the foothills of the volcano. I can't get mad at the lava. The lava is lava. It's hot. It's what's going to happen. And it's a tragedy. And, you know, that volcano had not erupted in a long time. They were not expecting that to happen. Um, it wasn't like people were saying, well, why would you build your home there? You know, this was just an unexpected thing. This volcano had been dead for a long time. Am I mad at the lava? Am I happy when the lava, you know, cools down? Do I say, ha-ha, I'm, I'm happy that the lava cooled down? No, that's just lava. That's what it is. Why do we get so passionate? Why do we want to punish each other? It's because there's a part of us that sees that there was a failure in humanity there, that there was a depravity um, of the self. You know, you depraise these children, you abuse people, you bring them down. Now we got to make sure that one of the things that I thought was great about the movie is we have to make sure that these children are taken care of and they have safe houses for them after they're able to save them. They want to make sure that these kids now have recovery, that they don't end up right back into these rings in these third world countries. Who's going to follow up with them? Who's going to make sure that, you know, they're not really, that these perpetrators aren't just released and then all of a sudden these children go right back to that life. That's so important. That's that's one of the key things. If you want to save somebody from an abusive situation, you want to make sure that there's an alternative. Otherwise, that's all they know. But then the question comes up, who's going to help save the souls of these perpetrators? Who's going to bring them to Christ? Because the reality is, that's what Christ wants. Christ is going to say, you know, I know you want to punish these abusers, and I get it. He's all, and my justice will punish them. There's no question about that. However, believe it or not, I came and I died for them as well. And they need to be saved. I want them to be saved. Folks, for me as a human being, in my limited uh, knowledge as a human being, it takes divine intervention. It takes supernatural grace for me to even consider, yeah, these people need to be saved. It's not up to me. But it reminds me of why we're here, and it reminds me of how our humanity works. If it were up to other people, they might say, yeah, Dr. Sandoval, gosh, he really upset me because take your pick. He didn't give me this medication. Uh, he didn't... Uh, you know, he had to cancel my appointment and I was so uh, looking forward to that or take your pick. People are going to say, oh, there's, there needs to be a punishment for that. Sure, in their eyes, but 
We don't know what's going on on the flip side of things. Only Christ knows. Only Christ knows the heart of every man. Now, is it fair to say that, yeah, the laws of man, they're there for a reason, and especially if they follow the laws of God, there should be a punishment. Yeah, absolutely. Should these people be in jail? Absolutely. Should they serve their time? Absolutely. Now, here's the clincher of it all. Am I going to be happy about that? Am I going to find joy in that? Am I going to revel in that? If I do, we start getting into murky territory because there should be a sadness to that. You know, these people are going to jail. They're going to have their punishment. They got arrested. They got caught, these perpetrators, hopefully. And I hope they get caught. I hope they go to jail. I hope they do that. Am I going to be happy about that? No, because every time they're in jail, it's a reminder to me of why they're in jail. There's a sadness. There was a break in humanity. You're in jail because that's the justice that needs to be done. But the fact that you're in jail actually kind of makes me sad because it reminds me that there's evil out there. I'm not going to be happy about that because you're a human being just like I am. And you've chosen, you, by your own actions, you've chosen to deprave yourself. You've chosen to decrease your humanity. And Christ wants the opposite. He actually wants their humanity to come back up. Is salvation available for these people? So long as they accept the mercy of God, so long as they repent, absolutely it is. Is that what Christ wants? Yeah, actually, that's what he does want. That's what he calls us to. That's what he tells us that he wants us to do. Jesus goes for the worst of the worst of sinners. And when we, you know, later on in the show, we're going to talk about some pretty serious sinners and pretty uh, who became saints. And who we, if we just look at their sins and what they did, we say, yeah, they deserve that. They don't deserve heaven whatsoever. But it puts me in a position where I have to remember, I'm not the one who doles out heaven. I'm not the one who says who deserves heaven and who doesn't deserve heaven. I don't know who's going to be in heaven when I get there, and I don't know who's not going to be in heaven when I get there. I can assume certain things from a from a human point of view, from a uh, limited knowledge point of view, but God is infinite in His knowledge, and God's mercy has no end. Has no has it's infinite. There, there's God can't ever give enough mercy. He can't be outdone in His mercy, and that's really what this month of the precious blood reminds us of. So, when it comes to something like that, something along the lines of the topic of child abuse, child trafficking. It's important to look at it from a few different perspectives. One, do people deserve to be forgiven or, or, or do people have the right to be forgiven? According to Christ, yes. And that's what I got to go off of. Should people still be punished and put in jail and make sure that this doesn't happen again? Absolutely. There's no question about that. Is this trafficking happening in third world countries? We know that's what we hear about. That's what we hear about the most. Is it happening right here in the United States? Yeah, it is. And so sometimes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go see this movie. I want to see what it's about. I want to see what, what the um, organization was like and, and what, this, what these great heroics are um, that, that you know this uh, team of people are doing uh, to get out there for the kids. But what it reminds me of too, though, is if we look at the border, it's well known. You know, I talk to my family in Mexico. I talk to, you know, different people and they tell me, no, it's alive and well. You know, the trafficking across the border, across the, the Mexican border to the United States, it's happening all the time. You know, and now we hear about all these children that are coming across the border that we don't know where their whereabouts are. Where are they going? I don't know. And we worry about that. You know, we worry about the harm that's causing, that's being caused to these children. On a different level, though, we worry about the the physical harm caused to the children. Is there any other kind of harm being caused right now to our children along the same vein? Well, you know, 
I see these movies or I hear about these topics and I think, gosh, I hope my children are safe. I want to just go pick them up from school and bring them home and give them a big hug and make sure that they're doing okay. But then there's a different level of child abuse that we need to consider as Catholics. Are we educating our children as far as the morals of the church? Because even if they're not being taken from us, they're not being kidnapped, God forbid that ever happen. What are they seeing on the news? What are they seeing on TV? What are they seeing uh, on cartoons nowadays? What are they seeing, uh, you know, as far as, you know, what's on billboards? What's what's going out? What's going on out there? Are our children being taught by a society where we still see what's moral and what's good? Well, I'll tell you what, folks, when all of a sudden you start hearing that there's parades out there in particular months of the year in June or any other time of the year, and there have to be um, asterisks or, or, you know, it has to be specified that there cannot be any nudity by the people participating in the parades. How is that not a form of child abuse? If I know that there's going to be a parade in public where there's children present and there's going to be people who are walking around the streets nude and somehow that's okay, I don't know about that. Or, you know, there's confusion out there. And we're going to let our children tell our children it's okay? Don't know about that. Is that a form of child abuse as well? We're going to have to talk more about that when we come back from the break. All right, folks. Well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You are listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. Today, a little bit of a heavy topic. We're talking about child abuse. We're not going into too much detail as to the intricacies of what happens to these children other than to know that they are abused. One of the things that's important um, to consider, though, is, you know, the different levels of abuse. I was talking about that before the break. There's a physical abuse. There's the emotional abuse that's going to happen to these children. They're, they've been made commodities if they are, have been used in child trafficking, uh, things along those lines. But before the break, I was talking a little bit about, well, we know about that. That's pretty obvious. What about the abuse that's a little bit more subtle? What about when our children are exposed to uh, depravity and humanity and, and, and perverse uh, ideologies um, that really go against the teachings of the Catholic Church, that go against the teachings of morality as we know them left in the deposit of our faith? And really, our children are exposed to that. Well, here's the thing. One of the biggest challenges is I can't stop society doing what it's going to do necessarily. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe we need to pray, and I believe that prayer is real and that there is the power of prayer. And the more we sit down with our families and pray, when was the last time we sat down as our family and prayed the rosary? Are we doing that every night? Are we taking it seriously? Are we taking Christ seriously in that? Are we taking the fact that when I pray, Good things are going to happen in my life. Am I taking that seriously? We need to do that. We need to sit down with our children and pray and let them know. This is what I tell my children when we're going to pray. And I let them know. I say, hey, you're going to be out there. You're going to be in school. You're going to be um, walking down the street and you're going to hear things. You're going to see things. Your friends are going to say things. Maybe, you know, some of your friends might have their own uh, smartphones, as we say, and they can get the internet on there. And you're going to see things there if, if you're unlucky. And God forbid, this is what happens, but this is the reality of life. You might be exposed to things on there that you had no choice because somebody showed it to you and said, hey, look at this. Um, and it can be sexual depravity. It could be pornography. It could be so many different things that I can't shield you from. But one of the biggest 
one of the biggest ways that we can serve our children best is to teach them and to let them know there's good and there's bad out there. To not teach our children can be considered another form of abuse, if you will. If I know that there's evil out there, if I know that there's going to be depravity out there, for me as a Catholic parent to not have educated my child, that's leaving them in the dark. I have to sit down and let them know, hey, these are the tenets of the faith. This is the way God made our body. This is what's good about our body. This is how marriage works. This is the way God wants us to join in marriage. This is the way God wants us to create children. But this is why it's such a sacred act, the act of intercourse in marriage, that it's reserved for marriage. This is why we call it a sacrament. This is why we wait until we get married. This is why the church teaches these things in order to prevent the depravity that comes outside of the confines of marriage. This is important to consider. I've been in lots of situations where children are already teenagers. They're very well aware of the birds and the bees, if you will. And the parents still naively think that the children don't know anything because they haven't said anything, because they haven't taught them anything. And sometimes I've been asked, and I tell you this because I've been asked, oh, Dr. Sandoval, when do you think it's a good time for us to um, teach our children about, about sex and intimacy? How old are your kids, I ask. Well, one of them is 16, he's going to high school. We think that we should we should talk to him. He's he's in he's 16. And his his younger sister, she's 14. And I said, you know what? You've already missed the boat. They're already, they already know. They're already well aware. Oh, but they hang out with such good kids and and they don't. Yeah, okay, the kids are good. But you see, you're, you're if you listen to that statement, oh, but they hang out with good kids, so that means they don't know about sex. You're trying to tell me that sex is not good because if they're only with good kids, now I have to teach them about something bad or something. No, sex is good. This is the problem sometimes in our mentality and our approach to uh, intimacy because we're not comfortable with it ourselves. Maybe because we were taught that it was something that was not good. Or unfortunately, <clears throat> a lot of times people, the first time that we might have found out about it was through depravity. Maybe it was somebody at school. Maybe it was through pornography. Maybe it was through an exposure that was not good. So sometimes we base our own experience and that's what we assume, you know, gosh, I'm not going to teach my kids. They're good kids. I don't want to talk to them about sex yet. Well, why not? Sex is good if taught correctly and taught that it is something good, that it is something sacred. I think that's one of the biggest things that, that we, uh, uh, I shouldn't say fail at as parents, but that we, we need to become more in tune with as parents. The world is teaching our children already. If we don't teach them, the world's already taught them. And they're not going to teach them in a very morally acceptable way. They're not going to teach them and say, hey, make sure that you reserve your, your intimacy for marriage. Make sure that you stay a virgin until you're married. Look, these are the good moral ways to, to approach um, sexuality. No, we, we're in a world where obviously we're talking about sex trafficking. But even if it's not that, even if you just look at movies nowadays uh, or anything else, you know, sex is a way to gain power to uh, take an advantage of somebody or just, you know, casual, something to do. Uh, it's not taught as sacred anymore. And if we as Catholic parents don't teach that, then we're failing our children. Then there's there's a sadness there because our children are going to go out into the world and they're going to learn from the world. This is very important to consider. Your kids are 16 and 14. They already know. They, they know more than sometimes more than the parents do. They definitely, if they didn't hear it from their friends, they saw it somewhere else. Or guess what? Nature's happening. Our body's happening. Our change, the changes in our body are happening. 
a lot of parents get shocked or surprised because they're waiting to tell their kids and we stop and we don't even realize my kid's already an adult. If I don't tell them, they're, they're, and nobody else told them, their, natu- their body's going to tell them. Nature is happening. Have I prepared my child from a young age, from an age-appropriate type conversation from the time maybe they were nine years old, 10 years old? Hey, you're going to go into puberty. There's going to be changes in your body. That's all I have to say at that age. I don't have to get much further than that. As I get a little bit older, hey, are you noticing, you know, the other kids in your class? Do people have crushes? That's all we have to get to. Don't have to get any further than that. And then as they get older, we have to have a very real conversation. Changes, Real changes are happening in their body. Real awareness is happening. That's nature. If I'm behind nature, I've already missed, I've missed the eight ball, as they say. I'm, I've, that, train is, that train has gone by, that ship has sailed. And now I want to talk to my children about intimacy, about, about sex and things like that, as though it's the first time they're hearing it. And really, once you do that, the kids are kind of like, this is where the kids feel like, oh, mom and dad don't know anything about this. You know, because they, they we never talked about it. <clears throat> they can't possibly know because I had to learn it somewhere else. I'm sure that's something this important, something that that's that's so you know basic to a marriage and to and to a family and a relationship. I'm sure if it was important, they would have told me. This is where we as parents need to really be aware and let them know the reason that we want to teach them this is so that they're not scandalized later, so that they hear it in a very positive, very Catholic way the first time they hear about it. And that's what's going to stick because then later on they go out into the world and they realize, oh, that's not good. That's not good. Wow. I see a lot of depravity. That's like kind of like talking to my oldest kid where she, you know, it was a funny conversation. We sat down, my wife and I sat down with our kids and we said, Hey, this is the way life is. This is the way nature is. You're going to be aware of this. I want to get ahead of it and let you know. And she said, ignorance is bliss. And the reason she said that I had to laugh and she said, you know, in many ways, I was happier not knowing about this. I said, why is that? She said, because she started to realize that. All of a sudden, humanity, everything's based on that. You can't watch TV without a joke having some kind of an innu- innuendo. You can't see a commercial without there being some kind of an innuendo. You can't go out and listen to conversations because all of a sudden, everything gets depraved to some kind of a, a double entendre, as we say, uh, or you know, some kind of... A, um, idea behind it, or she can't see commercials nowadays where she's like, well, why did that woman have to come out in a bathing suit? Well, because unfortunately the reality is it's a very, very strong force. Our sexuality is a very strong force. And if it's not used positively, if it's not honed in positively, we start to get depraved. We start to get uh, a sick mind, if you will. That comes to the idea of These abusers, who some people feel they should be punished to the extent that they should die, and I'm going to get so happy when they're punished, um, their humanity is still there. I have to find that as a doctor. I have to find that. I have to treat it. But I also have to ask myself, yes, I see the victims and the children. I want to save them all, to be honest with you, when I see that. I want to just get in there and just take them to a big safe house and and make sure they're okay and talk to them and let them be children again and let them play and, and understand what childhood is because it's such an important part of life to be able to have the freedom to be a child, to be able to have the right to be a child, to be able to play and explore the world and be happy. These are very, very important things. What I wonder is, for these abusers, what happened to them in their childhood? Why did their mind become depraved? Why did they think at one point that this was okay? 
And we can easily, easily say, oh, it was the devil. You know, this is all diabolic and satanic. And of course, there's elements of that in all this. Whenever there's trafficking, drug trafficking, money trafficking, children trafficking, sure, there's elements that can be diabolical. In fact, we know that the cartels are very much, you know, focused on diabolical elements of Santa Muerte. And they have all these, this whole different religiosity, if you will, where they mix Catholic religion and, and uh, Santeria and all these different things together, which obviously makes everything into a dark art black magic kind of situation. And that, of course, is going to trickle down into child trafficking because, of course, hell is going to be happy about that. However, what I wonder about is these individual abusers, if I were to talk to them, which I do, some of them, though, I will say this, some of them, their mental health is so bad that you realize they don't, they're not even cognizant of what they do. Their cognition, they've, they've been stunted mentally just because they have severe psychosis, severe schizophrenia, severe bipolar disorder, anything along those lines. But others of them, I got to wonder, start talking to them and you find out they were victims of abuse. That's how they learned about sexuality. The first time they learned about sexuality is because they were abused. How sad is that? That they didn't have parents there to sit down and tell them, this is the way God made your body and this is what it's for. And this is the right way to use it. And this is the gift of sexuality God gave us. And this is how we procreate. And this is where God allows us to share in his creation with him. And because God allows us to share in his creation with him, it's something very pleasurable. God delights in creating and he wants us to delight with him. This is why sex is pleasurable. There's no question about that. It's something very good. And it's something very good to be shared with your spouse. Nobody taught them that. Maybe the first time they were taught about sex was they were raped and they were drugged. And that's how they learned the world to be. And they figure, gosh, if that happened to me multiple times, if it happened to me by multiple people, it's just the way the world is. Why not make a little bit of money on the side on that? It's interesting to consider because we have to remember that we're all human. There's a humanity level in all of us. And that's what Christ wants us to find. That's what Christ wants me to treat. And that's what Christ wants us to find each other. All right, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today we're talking about a heavy topic, you know, child abuse, what's going on with the children, what's going on with the abusers, how do we make sense of any of this, where do we find hope? I'll tell you what, folks, there's a lot of hope out there. How can I help the situation? I can't go over to a third world country. I don't have the connections. I wouldn't even know where to start to save all these children. But is there hope? Absolutely. I need to believe and I need to know that we are in the communion of saints and that what we do here is going to affect people all over the world. We've got to remember that. We've got to use faith. The power of faith, the power of prayer is so strong that I have to believe that, gosh, you know, I hate washing dishes, but if I can go in there and wash a dish, I'm going to say, Lord, for every dish I wash, I want a kid to be saved. Is that too much to ask? Nothing's impossible with God question is, how strong is my faith? If I deepen that faith and I go do that, I truly believe God's going to be saving children in ways I don't even know. But I leave that up to God. What's the other thing we can do? Well, it's the month of July, folks. Let's go ahead and pray the litany of the most precious blood of Jesus right now. Month of July, dedicated to the precious blood. We're going to pray this litany for all the children, for all the abusers, for us to find peace in this world. Um, and really, to help end this tragedy of abuse and trafficking and you know anything else that goes along with the depravity of our humanity. But let's go ahead and do that, folks. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Litany of the most precious blood of Jesus. Lord, have mercy. 
Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy on us. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Jesus hear us. Jesus graciously hear us. God the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God of the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God of the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Blood of Christ, only begotten Son of the Eternal Father, save us. Blood of Christ, incarnate Word of God, save us. Blood of Christ of the New and Eternal Testament, save us. Blood of Christ upon the earth in shedding, falling upon the earth in agony, save us. Blood of Christ shed profusely in the scourging, save us. Blood of Christ flowing, flowing forth in the crowning with thorns, save us. Blood of Christ poured out on the cross, save us. Blood of Christ, price of our salvation, save us. Blood of Christ, without which there is no forgiveness, save us. Blood of Christ, Eucharistic drink and refreshment of souls, save us. Blood of Christ, stream of mercy, save us. Blood of Christ, victor over demons, save us. Blood of Christ, courage of martyrs, save us. Blood of Christ, strength of confessors, save us. Blood of Christ, bringing forth virgins, save us. Blood of Christ, help of those in peril, save us. Blood of Christ, relief of the burden, save us. Blood of Christ, solace in sorrow, save us. Blood of Christ, hope of the penitent, save us. Blood of Christ, consolation of the dying, save us. Blood of Christ, peace and tenderness of heart, save us. Blood of Christ, pledge of eternal life, save us. Blood of Christ, freeing souls from purgatory, save us. Blood of Christ, most worthy of all glory and honor, save us. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, have mercy on us, O Lord. You have redeemed us, O Lord, with your blood and made us for our God a kingdom. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, you have appointed your only begotten Son, the Redeemer of the world, and will to be appeased by his blood. Grant, we beg of you, that we may worthily adore this price of our salvation and through its power be safeguarded from the evils of the present life so that we may rejoice in his fruits forever in heaven through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, it's so beautiful when we read this, the litany of the, of the precious blood. Why? Because I hear these words like relief of the burden, solace and sorrow, hope of the penitent, consolation of the dying, victor over demons, stream of mercy. And that is for all of us. That is for every one of us. We have to remember that. We have to remember that at the end of the day, just like in that gospel story where there were people who showed up early to work in the vineyard and there were people who showed up late to work in the vineyard and Jesus took them all and he gave them the same wage. I think Christ sees us and, you know, I hope that I'm one of the people who showed up early, but I might be one of the people who showed up late. Who knows? You know, it all depends on the eyes of Christ. And ultimately, let God judge us because there's hope for everybody. How is there hope for everybody? When I look at such tragedies, where do I find hope? I go back, and I don't know if anybody's heard of Blessed Bartolo Longo. You know, he's blessed. He's not a saint yet, but on his way to sainthood. And one of the biggest inspirations I find from Bartolo Longo is that he was actually an ex-Satanist high priest. And he was freed through the power of the rosary, the power of prayer, to go from the deepest depravity of being an ex-Satanist to actually on his way to sainthood. If there is hope for Bartolo Longo, then there's hope for everybody. You know, it's interesting when we look at abuse, trafficking, child abuse, anything along those lines. 
We see these people and we think they are the worst of the worst. Now, if I sit down and talk to them, there's different motives why they might be doing this, these perpetrators. Some of them might be doing it for money, for power, for, pain, for fame. I don't know how many of them would say, well, I'm doing this directly to worship the devil. I'm sure some of them may be. But how many of them would actually say that? The allure of money, the allure of power can be so blinding that you might not even recognize that you're abusing a child just so that you can gain this power. Or it might not dawn on you what you're doing. The, the gravity of what you're doing might not dawn on you. Dr. Sandoval, how is that possible? Because the human mind is capable, we're capable of lying to ourselves in so many different ways that we can tell ourselves anything. We can tell, we can convince ourselves that anything's good if we look out there. But we can also, we are also capable of real and true good. How many of these people would say, well, I was doing this just for money and fame? Probably the majority, or maybe not even fame, but just for money and to have money and the power of money and for self-gratification and pleasure? Probably the majority of them. How many of them would actually say, well, no, I belong to a, a satanic cult and this is what I'm doing? I wouldn't say that the majority of them would say that. It would have to take a, a, a survey. But Bartolo Longo, there's no question about it. He was like, no, I'm actually doing this for the devil. I'm on the devil's side right now. And I'm actually going to be dedicating my life to the devil directly. Directly. No question about it. Now, folks, if you know anything about Satanism, is there abuse involved? 100%. You cannot be a Satanist without there some form of abuse, depravity. Uh, take your pick. It's the worst of the worst. Now you're you're right in the bowels of hell. And there will be blood sacrifice, believe it or not. So there's going to be murder. There's going to be death. There's going to be, there's going to be so many different things that are completely contrary to our faith, to what we do in the Catholic faith, because Satanism is just a mockery of the Catholic faith. Bartolo Longo, not only was he a Satanist, but he became a high priest. Let's read this article on Bartolo Longo. Why? Because I want us to have hope. Because I want us to see that even from the deepest bowels of darkness, anybody can be on the road to sainthood. And the most important thing, though, is we can't do this on our own. That's going to be overwhelming. If we are thinking, oh, I'm going to do this by myself, we're going to fail. The way that we need to do this is we have to realize that, how did Bartolo Longo do it? He was in the depths of, of evil. How did he get out of that? Let's read a little bit. Let's find out. This article says, the stories about Blessed Bartolo Longo, who was beatified in 1980 by Pope St. John Paul II, are truly legendary. St. Francis of Assisi often reminded his friars that if God could work through me, he could work through anyone. This is a bit unfair. Francis is, after all, Francis. They called him the Alter Christus, or the Other Christ. God wouldn't have to work too hard to work through Francis. Well, who knows? I don't know what was going on in Francis' heart before his conversion or before his desire to follow God. This is what it says, though. However, Bartolo Longo was a true challenge. I believe that. He certainly didn't make it easy for the Holy Spirit. After all, Bartolo Longo was a satanic priest. He wasn't just a Satanist. He was a satanic priest. He was in the depths of this. He was accepting Satanism in his heart. Okay, so that's, you want to talk about serious, it doesn't get much more serious than that. It's the same old story, Catholic kid grows up. Now remember, and he was Catholic too. So this is where, you know, we can take solace in saying, we were Catholic, gosh, I'm Catholic, I know the truths of the faith, I was brought up in the faith, and I fail anyway. And sometimes I've chosen to fail, and sometimes I've chosen to go away from it, and I had the fullness of the truth. How can I come back to that? God's not going to accept me back. Well, let's see what happened here. Bartolo Longo, he was a Catholic kid. He grew up in a religious family. He went away to the university and he fell in with a bunch of drug-fueled satanic pagans. 
Can this happen to any of our children? Any of our children. Absolutely. This is why I say we have to take hold as parents and teach them and make sure that they learn something from us. Because that way later on in life, if they make these choices, they'll never be able to say, well, you didn't teach me. I never knew. Nope. Now you went into it wholeheartedly. You knew what you were doing, but I did my part as a parent. I helped you out. But guess what? If you fall into that, we're going to get you out. So this is what he does. He meets these people. He becomes a satanic high, high priest, comes to his senses and realizes he's made the stupidest mistake in world history and ultimately reverts back to the church. This article is kind of funny. It says it's the basic satanic rags to saintly riches story. And it's true. The story about Blessed Bartolo Longo are truly legendary. Some of the details aren't acceptable for mixed company, and even some of the battle-hardened Marines I know have blanched in horror at the tales. But just in case curiosity has grabbed hold of you, let's read a little bit about Bartolo Longo and see his story. He was born in a small town of Laziano near Brindisi, 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 excuse me, Brindisi in southern Italy in February 10th, 1841. His parents, Dr. Bartolomeo Longo and Antonina Luparelli, were wealthy and exceptionally devout Catholics who prayed the rosary together daily. Keep in mind, folks, this is for, for uh, us to keep uh, hope. This is a family who prayed the rosary daily, and their son actually went and became a satanic priest. Can this happen? It can happen. Don't blame yourself too much as parents. If you're praying the rosary daily, if you're teaching your children, if you're doing all the right things and the kid chooses to do something different, Remember, free will is free will, and the power and the allure of a good life here on earth and the uh, riches of the world, if you will, are very, very alluring. That can happen to anybody. Don't lose heart. Longo became alienated from the church when his mother died in 1851. Being far from his family, when he left to study law at the University of Naples, he drifted further away. The final coup de grace, or the final event, occurred when he fell in with a pagan group which ordained him a satanic high priest he participated here now hear this folks this is from deliverance ministry right here deliverance 101 everything we say is stay away from what did he do he participated in seances fortune telling and orgies he fooled himself into thinking he could do real magic and that just set him up for greater fall than the first one <clears throat> he felt motivated to publicly ridicule christianity at every turn and did everything within his power to subvert Catholic influence in society and culture. Folks, it doesn't get much worse than that. He was 100% against the Catholic Church and promoting Satan, promoting Satanism. If somebody like this, one evening, he walked into the chapel at Pompeii and had a profound mystical experience about which he wrote. He said he pondered over his condition and that Our Lady was the one who said to him, um, that she wanted to save him. She said, if you seek salvation, promulgate the rosary. There you go, folks. It's that simple. It's that simple and that hard all at the same time. Pray the rosary. If somebody who's in the depths of Satanism can have a mystical experience where Our Lady herself tells them, pray the rosary. We see this in deliverance all the time. Our Lady shows up, we pray the rosary, it's over. We can, we can truly stop trafficking and abuse. We can truly stop child abuse. Let's pray the rosary, let's be Catholic. Let's use the intercession of Our Lady to help us.